And we are live on Vimeo, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, uh, all sorts of places. Uh, we should be on the Fireside Tattoo Network. Thank you, uh, Jake. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Let's check. I'm going to check and make sure we're on Fireside Tattoo Network. So, in the meantime, uh, welcome to, well, this is Guy Aitchison's Reinventing the Tattoo Network, and this is the Tattoo Weekly. Uh, we are sadly missing Lauren. She's at the Philadelphia Tattoo Convention. They were having a great time all weekend, but um, we'll have to hear about it uh, next week. You can, as I was saying earlier, you can find this on, on the YouTubes or in the podcast channels, the uh, app stores, Reinventing the Tattoo app. Um, yeah, and as Jake was saying earlier, actually, uh, very soon on Roku. I couldn't help myself. I was like mm -hmm. saying, no way we're not uh, talking about like, it. No, I don't want to talk about it. I can't do it. I can't not do it. Yeah, that's exciting. Mm -hmm. You know, it's uh, it's funny how, it, you know, I think we talked a little bit last week about the, um, uh, it, about how big of a deal it was, to, it was to be on TV when you were a kid. Like you would look for yourself in the crowd. I know you weren't a sports fan, but I was at basketball games and I would look for myself in the crowd. I would go home and like watch the game later and say, am I on TV? And uh -huh. then now it's like, you could just be on TV. It's not even a big deal anymore. You know, it's uh, somehow I still get a little nervous, though. <laughs> but yeah, to yeah. your point, uh, it isn't quite um, like we're, we're able to create the gatekeeping, uh, you know, as, as of, you know, before there was, you know, a clear gatekeepers. Yeah. Um, I do want to let people know we have um, Gene Coffee is going to be uh, beaming in pretty soon. Um, so we do have a special guest this week. Gene's yeah. been tattooing for a very long time. Uh, I think I met him at the Richmond Tattoo Convention. I right, see. I've never met him. I'm, I'm excited. I looked at uh, some of his work when you shared uh, shared his info earlier, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to excited to meet a new tattooer. Got uh, a couple of folks. Got a handful of folks on the Fireside channel. We had seven, and we just lost three of them. Uh -oh. That's always so much fun to see. Like I do that too. I pop on people's channel. I'm like, what are they doing? Uh, they're just talking, not tattooing. Uh, let me show them. off uh, some of these tattoos in real quick, and uh, we'll uh, we'll bring them back on. But I do often find that uh, tattoos the pretty pictures keep people <laughs> right and uh so this yeah. is some of gene's work he'll be uh coming up later yeah he's doing really soft kind of uh i i hate the term watercolor tattoos but kind of soft um uh painterly yeah. style tattooing which uh i'm excited to hear is uh kind of his background and how he ended up doing that it's really what in my mind one of the trickier styles of tattooing to to pull off uh, because you um you know, the tendency with watercolor tattoos, and I'm sure we can get into it when, when he's on the show, is, is to kind of wash things into the skin, which obviously looks sketchy. It looks fine on watercolor paper. It looks very sketchy in tattooing if you're not careful. So you really have yeah. to be deliberate about, about getting that effect without actually doing, without actually washing it in the skin, you know? So. It's funny, speaking of the uh, being on the TV in the Roku, it's like, yeah, now we have to get our production wicked tight. Ah, and then we were working up until 15 minutes before this. <laughs> right. Warren's like, sorry, I'm at the convention. I don't know what you expect. But um, <laughs> I mean, if anybody yeah. has any topics that they would like to discuss in particular, I have some videos to fire up uh, before the interview. Yeah, um, but also uh, let us know where you're beaming in from and Paul, tag a friend. Paul Barry, yeah, Paul Barry just did. He said, "How's it going from Southeast Missouri? Southeast Missouri isn't too far from me." What, uh, Paul? Type in and let us know what your uh, what what the town is called. I pass through there uh, fairly uh, fairly regularly. And then uh, David uh, Mariscal, am I pronouncing that? Uh, Mar Mariscal said, "Always great information in the industry. Thanks so much. We we try we try not to put out fluff." Uh, as often as we can <laughs> but, yeah. 
but we also ramble a lot. So I'm sure right. there's plenty well, of fluff. You know, I could fire up, speaking of pretty pictures, I've got two minutes of this uh, video that I made yesterday for this tattooer, Kama. He's awesome. And um, that'll give us a little bit of time to, oh, like I said, we could chat a little bit about his tattoos. Yeah. Oh, and Paul then, Berry's from Poplar Bluff, Missouri. That's the home of Tyler Hansbrough. You don't know Tyler Hansbrough because you're not a sports fan, but he's one of the great college basketball players of all time. I've passed through Poplar Bluff before. Yeah. And it's yeah. closer. I mean, the convention is coming up down there too, isn't it? The Biloxi is there? Uh... No, no. He's in Missouri, not in uh, uh -oh. That's uh, Mississippi. Sorry, I'm getting myself mixed up. So, okay. And uh, talking about what, let's head over to South Korea. <laughs> all right. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is Kama here. It's still uh, illegal to tattoo in. Oh, in South Korea, yeah. Maybe we, we may have had a, a quick discussion about combo before. Wow, that's really interesting. You know, I love the the difference in rendering, like the styles, right there, right? Like nice yeah. soft black and gray, or like even the metallic black and gray, and then the face, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and the text. Very that, I that probably kind of, yeah. yeah, that combination, like combining styles is becoming particularly, um, uh, you know, with, um, uh, with, with artists that are not from America. I see this combination of styles uh, where it's like, yeah, you know, like pop art and realism and, you know, a point like dot work and, you know, all of uh, all that kind of stuff kind of combined really well into a single tattoo. Uh, there's someone on Instagram called uh, Mashka, M-A-S-H-K-O-W tattoos or something like that, who does kind of color versions. Right, this is beautiful. It's really, really nice. Kind of color versions of this type of work. And they've really branded themselves super well on Instagram. Uh, Wow, that's nice. Yeah, that's uh, fun stuff. Yeah. And you're doing an interview with Kama soon? Yeah, well, we already did one. We um, need to get it interpreted. And so uh, uh, we have we have it about half interpreted. And part of me just wants to you know, get the, the videos out and make the images. Uh, wait, what, you know, what, what do you mean? So. What do you mean by interpreted? Do you did he does he speak any English or what did you have to do? No, no, we uh, I had a I had a, a in time interpreter to, tra uh, to translate the questions. Oh. And then I, I would be able to get the gist of the answers back. And so I could do follow-up questions, but uh, we don't have, but we still need to get like the full, you know, the 20 minute, like, so the deep dive questions, we still need to get interpreted because I don't know the answers. Look at this stuff. Yeah. I love. Uh, so good. Again, the, like the, the difference between like where the straight lines are, the bricks and the curved lines and the circle. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Their attitude—it's it, fun though, because even though it's a, a different language, um, you could still kind of figure people's energies and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but it, it was definitely yeah. not a—you know—it's not trivial. It's definitely uh, uh, the, the pacing changes, and yeah, but it's, it's definitely worth it. Oh, uh, Jeremy uh, Burt up here in, uh, from Exeter, New Hampshire. He says uh, yo yo in the one of the comment rooms. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got I've got a little um, uh, basketball conversation going over here on the YouTube side. Now, nice. uh, the guy was talking about went to school with Tyler Hansbrough. Uh, Paul Berry went to school with Tyler Hansbrough. And he just asked, how do I set up a tattoo session with you? I love your work. Uh, I, I get that a lot on YouTube and I really should make a channel. Uh, the best thing is to um, to email Allie at Fireside Tattoo, A-L-I-E. That's my assistant at FiresideTattoo.com. And she can get you set up on the list. I'm, well, the way that I've been working, and we've had a lot of conversations about about this with different artists. And I, uh, I love to, to learn how other artists are handling booking. But uh, the way that I've been doing it is just collecting information from people. I've got a short little form to see what they're looking for. And then I try to see if it fits what I'm 
what I'm trying, the direction I'm trying to take my work. And if not, I have Ali kind of send the person to someone else uh, that I think would do a good job rather than just turning them away. And if so, uh, then we'll uh, give a time frame, a frame of when you know we could get started and get a consultation booked. I found that's the best way to do it. I try not to overwhelm myself with projects. So I'll take on like maybe 10 or 12 at a time, uh, hopefully with people who are able to uh, work consistently. That's the biggest thing with only taking on 10 or 12 projects. You have to have people who can get in there at least every six weeks or so. But um, but so far, so good. I've been pretty lucky with that. Outside of that, the easiest uh, uh, the easiest way to get tattooed, if it's a one-shot one kind of thing, is to um, uh, find me at a convention because I typically do, I do tattoos at conventions that I wouldn't do at the home studio. It's just, uh, I'm, I'm fine with doing smaller, single, you know, one-shot pieces at different shows. So, um, uh, and, and, and Gabe has been helping me to organize my um, online uh, or the fireside kind of library. And, and I'm hoping as part of this project, I can create a little landing page for myself that shows where I'm going to be and, you know, have the contact form embedded into it. Maybe we could add that to our to-do list if you don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. And where are you going? Where are you uh... So right now it's, um, right, whatever, 20, it's right now. February 2022. Yeah, so this year. February 28th. My next stop is in, um, I'm teaching a two-day workshop in two weeks, uh, March 14th and 15th, I believe, uh, in Asheville, North Carolina, but I won't be tattooing there. Uh, shortly after that is um, Space City Tattoo Expo in, in Huntsville. Unfortunately, I'm already booked for that one, uh, but uh, that's a great show if anyone wants to, if anyone's in the, you know, Southeast and wants to make the trip to Huntsville. I always love meeting fireside viewers. Let me fire up, uh, let's stay on that a little bit, because uh, you've done a bunch yeah. of interviews at the at Space City. Right? I, you know, with Space City, it's one of those shows that um, we were just kind of lucky to find each other. They reached out really early on uh, with Fireside. They were the first show to ever reach out to uh, to me and, and ask, and want to like trade a booth in exchange for podcasting. And so I did that. Uh, we, we didn't have a big following at all at that point. And uh, I just kind of like fell in love with the vibe of the place and the people. It's not, you're not going to find the biggest name artists there, but you'll find a lot of solid tattooers there. Uh, the guy who runs it, Shaikim, uh, is just a high energy guy that's um, uh, real genuine. I just, I, I you know, I, I like the size of the show. Uh, now he lets me do uh, workshops, or not workshops, but uh, seminars uh, each year. So I get to test out new seminar ideas there. And um, I don't know, man. I just, I just, I, I like the show. I like the town of Huntsville. It's, uh, it's kind of like when you go to Texas and you run into Austin. You're like, wow, how, what's this place doing in Texas? Uh, that's the way I feel about Huntsville and Alabama. It's just really a cool little, uh, cool little uh, town. I don't even know how big it is. I call it a town. It's a city. I mean, there's probably half a million people there if I had to guess. It's pretty big. Nice. Uh, uh, Jillian was listed there. Oh, is she going this year? Sweet. Yeah, at least she's listed. Yeah. yeah, nice. It's a crazy years. Who knows? Well, presumably, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, big bigger names that are there each year. That almost every year, um, Ulysses Blair is mostly always there, and a lot of people follow Ulysses. Um, uh, Matt Stebley is normally there. Oh uh, yeah. Um, BJ Betts was there a few years back. I love BJ. Stebley does uh, great work. I love uh, Stebley does a lot of bird tattoos too. Yeah, yeah. I like this stuff. It's great. I love the yeah. stuff work. Speaking of the bird tattoos. Yeah, which one? It was that. Was that Stebley? Yeah, this is Matt Stebley. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so he does a great show as well down in Biloxi, the Do South Tattoo Expo. I was just talking the other day. I did a podcast with Frank Lenatra, and we were talking about how that awesome. was the last uh, the last show that we did before 
before COVID. And it was literally like the first weekend of March. And we were thinking mid tattoo, we were just going to get shut down. The whole country was shut down. We had artists that had flown in. Like I was splitting a booth with my buddy, Howie, Howie tattoos. Who's oh, really good. And, uh, and he was like, I don't know how I'm going to get back to California. Uh, you know, like they thought the flights were going to be canceled and it was really, it was a crazy weekend, but, but a lot of fun. It was exciting. Nice. Yeah. Let's look at Howie's work here a little bit. Yeah. Howie's, uh, he's really developed a unique style and, uh, he's become one of my good friends in the tattoo industry. Just as soon as you meet Howie, you feel like you've known him for 10 years and, uh, he's just a always smiling, great guy. Uh, spent a lot of years. He's really open about it. He spent a lot of years as a pretty mediocre tattooer, kind of the same way that I feel like I, I did. I, wa- I not wasted a lot of time, but I, I didn't, uh, I, I didn't know what was possible in tattooing for a lot of years. And I don't think he did either. And he ended up landing with, um, uh, Phil Garcia and mm-hmm. he credits Phil with, with helping him to develop kind of a unique style. And it's funny cause they're both doing roses mostly. And, uh, uh, and um, yeah, but they you do such different styles of roses. Yeah, Phil. I've never had um, Phil on the show. Unfortunately, I talk to him uh, at most every show that I, you know, that I cross paths with him. But he's all man. That guy works like a yeah. Maniac. He, does. he does. He does like thirteen hour tattoos every day. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like you, you never get a break. Uh, in fact, the longest conversation I've ever had with him was at the uh, airport in Richmond leaving that convention and we just happened to be at the same gate and I got to hang out with him for a couple of hours there, but otherwise it's just quick kind of, you know, passing conversations. Yeah. He did a, uh, an amazing talk at uh, one of those Richmond shows, the, uh, uh, oh, did he? uh one of the, uh, one of the education, one, one of the, yeah, the Academy. The Richmond the Academy, Academy. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, out of control. Yeah. Yeah, man. He's like, uh, you know, and, He's one of those guys that a lot of times you see people they they do so much to their photos online that that you that you see them in real life and you're disappointed. And with Phil, as as nice as his tattoos look online, to see them in progress or when he's working on them, it's way more impressive. Oh, hundred percent. They're they're so good. It's it's hard to get a photograph that shows how good they are. Yeah, no, Phil's uh, he's pretty out of control. Yeah, I hope you get him on. Have you done? Have you ever done an interview with him, either through reinventing or tattoo now or anything? I haven't. Like I said, I did. Uh, there was the one at the Richmond convention, and uh, but, uh, but that was a seminar. So, no, the answer to that is no, I haven't. I think that guy has. Uh, I know that uh, he's done a chapter inside of reinvent. Yeah, and didn't they've uh, they've done um, a collaborative piece or two, haven't they? I have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah looks, so. looks like we have uh, Gene on the line here. Awesome. Hey, man. How are you? Hey, Gene, how goes it? Hey, sorry, I'm a little early. Oh, that's okay. Oh, I I would just jump right in. Ah, it's all good. It's uh, We were just talking about how uh, getting us on the uh, the Roku TV stuff isn't going to change our production schedule. I know it will, but uh, we'll, have a, we'll have a waiting room someday. And... Mm. Oh, nice. Waiting rooms. So, uh, uh, Gene, meet Jake. Jake, meet Gene. Hey, Jake. Hey, nice Gene. to meet you. Nice, hey, nice to meet you. We were just looking through some of your work uh, before you came on. Mm, yeah, I was watching it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was creeping and trolling you guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. Very fun. Um, so, where, where, do you remember where we met? Was it was it at the New York convention forever ago? Or yeah, it was a long time ago. It was an old New York convention. Yeah, the, the Roseland. I remember <laughs> um, every time I think of uh, it's either sixteen horses or. A, a derivative yeah, yeah 16 horsepower 
I think. Uh, uh, did I turn you on to that? Completely. Uh, I see. Like forever ago. Yeah, I don't even remember. It's definitely like a decade ago. I was still at Tattoo Culture, right? Ah, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Tattoo Culture, sure. Yep. Yeah. This is a 16 horsepower, Jake. It's a it's a rock band, I guess, from New uh, York. Were they out of New York? Or no, he's in the Midwest somewhere. I want to say it's like sense. maybe Colorado. Got it. And it was, it's uh, like a goth folk industrial rock. I don't even know what to call it, but it's cool uh, stuff. Yeah, it's like uh, dark, okay. dark folk it. music. <laughs> Dark folk music, man. Yeah, all right. Kinda. I'm intrigued. That's it's weird. Like six, 16 horsepower. I'm gonna try. Yeah. Uh, but, um, I actually tattooed that guy. No uh, shit. Yeah, David, uh, David Eugene Edwards. Uh, A couple of yeah. times I tattooed him. Awesome. Um, I love that. I guess what it was, it was, I was thinking New York because um, maybe I was, maybe we were talking about uh, Firewater and um, who's from new york but anyways well, that's another <laughs> the, band okay i thought you were talking yeah, about more like bands and, and booze or something and stuff. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> all right but, uh, well, well, so so gene why don't we um well you want to just start from uh, from the beginning I, i'm not uh i'm not sure yeah, how many sure. times you've like laid out your origin story but um it'd be fun to uh to, to introduce you to, to folks and yeah, you know, I, hear, hear how you started yeah sure i mean it couldn't uh, have been forever ago but it, it wasn't yesterday no it's like 16 years now Awesome. <clears throat> something like that yeah uh and uh i don't know where do you want to start that's well, uh, <laughs> well, uh, my mom and dad you see there's a little <laughs> and then uh what was your um what was your did you have an art background before you started tattooing or I, uh yeah so i moved to new york in 94 to go to art school and uh and then dropped out after a year uh and then was you know just trying to be an artist uh but working working jobs odd jobs here and there uh so um yeah i mean i guess i was an artist in that i was doing art and i had actually I'd had like shown paintings and shows and i had actually had had a solo show uh in the bowery in the city uh before that but um i wouldn't say i was like a working artist uh, you, you had a show as a as a painter as a painter yeah it was a painting show uh yeah. it was like all these uh these paintings of raw meat and then like i, I was into these doing these big long gated canvases with these tiny little realistically painted figures and they'd be like this big uh and sort of in different perspective in space but then the the background would just be sort of like a uh a wash of color but they were like oil paintings and that was fun it was a weird show sold a bunch uh and then uh yeah, yeah. Uh, and then moved so did you move uh i mean your work right now is representation representational well just a bit that i've seen was kind of kind of mm. has a, a lot of floral kind of work yeah, yeah and mostly it's flowers and birds these days <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh, is that uh is that just what you're into or is it just what this is what happened like yeah. uh i don't know like uh it's not like i i'm not sitting around drawing and painting flowers and birds like in my free time but my style of tattooing it just sort of gravitated towards that and honestly like uh yeah i mean if, if all i did was flowers and birds i'm fine with that too yeah 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 it's uh, i mean obviously it's, uh, you've got a painting background that's this piece in particular is super super mm. painterly what what do you um uh as far as this this style of tattoo and a lot of people will talk about watercolor tattoos i, I like i like painterly tattoos better than mm. watercolor tattoos but uh what um 
what do you think are the biggest challenges with it? And where do you see? Because a lot of people try this style and really don't pull it off very well. I think it's something you you have to have a really great control over on on edges, on 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 saturation, and where you do and don't saturate. And mm. what, what do you see as the challenges of the style of tattoo? I mean, obviously, it's the same challenges as any tattoo. Uh, like stylistically, I don't think a tattoo makes a difference. Like the the technique of tattooing someone doesn't change because the style does. So you either put color there or you don't like, it's the same as you're doing. Like if I'm going to do a, a traditional Puma, you know, or, a, or a tiger, you either put color there or you don't. Uh, and yeah. Uh, but I mean, the, the, one of the, some of the big differences here, though, is if you went through and took a traditional approach and, and outlined all of these shapes and you completely changed the dynamic of what that tattoo is. Right. So well, all- sure. But but if you look at like so this is probably this one is like a giant cover up, too. So this isn't the probably the best example. But like uh, just because there's not an outline, like if you look at any of the 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 work, like like, yeah, like this one with the the black. I mean, this is a. I would call that more graphic than mm-hmm. watercolor, but I think it's more about contrast than sure. it is about like putting an outline on it. Uh, and this one has big bold outlines, so when you need it, you put it there, just like you would do. Uh, you know, if you want a softer background in a in a portrait, you're going to not use outlines on it. Uh, if you want to have it be a little bit more contrast, you're going to put a dark color up against a, a light color. So like here these flowers they the say the yellow rose that's there there's no outlines on that yellow but the black of that that leaf that's behind it is the outline it's the right. contrast there it's the it's right it's that it's that gray leaf that passes over it makes the flower look behind it uh, but say like the the little blossom that's right underneath that it's too light of a color and i don't want to put a black background there so that needs a little bit of an outline uh, you know, it's just, a, it's just a contrast. It's like light, dark, light, dark, light, dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that said, uh, and having been doing my style of tattooing for a decade at this point, uh, I have the benefit of going back in the early days. Like Gabe will know, when I, when, I think when me and Gabe met, uh, I, I don't think I had a name for this. Like, I remember, like, people asking, like, well, what do you call this? And there wasn't, uh, there weren't hashtags, first of all, back then, like an old man here. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I didn't call it watercolor. Um, mm-hmm. I lost my yeah. train of thought where I was going there. But, oh, yeah. so, yeah, so Gabe knows, like, uh, I didn't have a name for it. It wasn't called watercolor tattoos, but uh I was still applying the same principles of traditional tattoos to like abstract is what I would call these. These are abstract tattoos. Uh, Cause it's, it's still, you know, uh, Oh, I've had too much coffee. I need to go back and, and <laughs> clean up what I was saying. Right. Um, in hindsight, some of these tattoos, like I haven't seen this one now, but I do have customers that come back now 10 years later. Uh, and just like any traditional tattoos, uh, there are certain colors that don't work well without having an outline, say orange. Orange is the bane of, I would say, every tattooer's existence. It is a horrible color. It doesn't have any longevity. Uh, it's UV uh, 
disintegration is almost like instantaneous. Uh, so like now in hindsight, I have these, these pieces that I see will come back and there's like some, they'll have like an orange flower or even orange that's inside a red poppy where it goes from red to orange to like a yellow is that whole orange part has, you know, uh, but that's not a matter of technique. That's just a matter of like, you know, yeah, the materials. Yeah. yeah and yeah. learning like I shouldn't use that color in that way. Uh, right. Uh, I've yeah. got a couple of uh, comments here. Uh, Hunter, Hunter Young in the chat room. He's been around for, for a while. It's awesome. Um, well, for one, he's like, what's up, guys? Big fan of uh, Jake's work. Are you film, uh, familiar with Thomas uh, Carley? But we, we'll check him out later. He's got some yeah. thoughts about what you were saying, uh, Gene. Um, let's see if I can interpret it. I think a good way of understanding his thoughts is that it's not necessarily that there is a specific way to approach watercolor. It's that he has that foundation to where it's easy for him to understand uh, on the spot, um, but he doesn't feel like there is an absolutely unique approach to it, or at least that's how I interpret his explanation, at least so far. His work is very unique. Uh, and then one last comment, Hunter says, uh, it feels like uh, a watercolor slash trash polka mix up. Some of that, yeah, yeah, sure. I didn't know that term trash polka for so long. People were throwing it around. I was like, what does that even mean? I still don't know where the term came from. Now I know what it means, but I... I still don't know where that term came from. Uh, Vol Vulcan Simone, right? Or were they the OG? Who, uh, Gene, who, who, where's the origin of Trash Polka? Trash Polka question. was, uh, it's specifically the Buena Vista, Buena Vista Tattoo yeah. Club. Uh, yeah. And they, I mean, they would early on literally go after people because they, had, I don't know if they copywrote the, the term Trash Polka, but that was what they were calling their specific style. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, if, Everybody, I don't know if it's a, if it's a result of the world we're in or if it's just our human nature to want to put all of these things in certain pockets, but uh, I don't care what you call it. It's either a good tattoo or a bad tattoo. You know, there's a lot of people trying to do traditional tattoos that look like shit too. Uh, and it's just a matter of uh, practice and perseverance and, and, and looking at everything, you know, like... Uh, my my style of tattooing isn't a watercolor tattoo. It's it's a Jean Coffee tattoo, mm -hmm. uh, and it's instantly recognizable. Not because I'm following some some cookie cutter formula on how to do a tattoo. Uh, I learned how to do tattoos and then tried to find my own voice. Right, right. Yeah, so, I think that's a I think that's a perfect way to uh, to put it. I've been working on and, and presented a a seminar probably six or eight times now that I'm constantly. Uh, that's constantly evolving and changing. And I call the seminar Find Your Style. And, and the first thing, the first slide basically is separating uh, your style uh, from tattoo categories or, or categories of, of, um, of any type of art. Uh, because to your point, your style is something that it's so much more personal. And, and for me, it's, it's just the way that you, um, uh, obviously the way that you make marks and then also uh, how you question what you've done, how you question what's working and what's not, how you relate that to whatever, how, whatever you feel like the series of principles or a hierarchy of, of ideas in your head and how you represent those things. So, uh, how you question oh, no. that came from. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, so uh, I, I think that's a good way to, uh, a, a good way to put it, your explanation. Mm. Yeah, I think, and to sort of focus on the foundations first, uh, mm -hmm. is 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 the way I came about it like mm -hmm. uh, and maybe that's because I had a traditional 
uh, apprenticeship where like you had to learn how to do everything, you know, text and tribal and Japanese and black and gray and blah, 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 blah. Uh, uh, but building up that sort of like foundation of, of how to do stuff then allows you the freedom to explore different ways to do it uh, and, and, and your own style. And also giving yourself permission to do like bad tattoos like, dude, I did some like, and not bad, like, I don't know what I'm doing, but to experiment and be like, I'm going to try to do this in a way that uh, isn't normal. You know, uh, one, early on, what really drove me was like pissing other tattoo artists off uh, mm. with a style that was so like outside of their, their comfort zone that it made me really excited to do more of them because it was pissing people off. Uh, and I think there's something to that. I mean, you're either pissing people off because it's fucking awful and you're destroying people's lives by like ruining their skin or you're pissing them off because you're fucking doing something really astounding. You know? mm -hmm. uh, and yeah. I, I think that if you're doing the astounding stuff and you feel really moved by your work to piss people off with it, then go a whole hog and just do it, you know? Uh, yeah. And that... That so that said, one of the one of the uh, best advice that I got early on on how to uh, sort of solidify my style. Uh, do you, uh, Gabe knows Noon. I don't know if you know. Oh yeah, Noon's amazing. Um, he's a French tattoo artist that mm -hmm. was a guest artist in our shop when I was sort of uh, still apprenticing and coming into my own. But one of his advice was that uh, if you want to do a style of tattooing. Like whether, and mine was, I want to do my stuff. I want to do the shit that I'm drawing in my sketchbook. I don't want to do this walk-in stuff. And, and if I was you know, lucky enough to have a shop that I had uh, the leniency to pick and choose what work I, I, I did or didn't do. Uh, but he was like, if you want to do this style of tattooing that you're trying to do, then you need to go through your portfolio and take out everything else eliminate everything else the good tattoos the best i had pieces that were like you know like i was so proud big back piece that's like you know realistic color stuff but it wasn't uh it wasn't in line with where i wanted to go with my work so i had to stop presenting that to people uh and then stop even taking jobs that weren't on my focus uh, and, and like I said, I was lucky that I could, I, I was able to do that because a lot of people are working in a shop where you don't have that leniency. You have to do whatever comes in the door. Um, but if you want to develop as a, as an artist artistically and your own personal vision, I think that that's a, was one of the biggest steps in helping me, uh, get where I am today. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I think that's great advice. Uh, a really practical way to, to kind of implement that. Uh, two, we uh, gave uh, earlier, we were talking about Euless Blair, we were talking about the Space City Show, and he, uh, in an interview that I did with him once, I was asking how he kind of developed that style and how he convinced people to, to get those tattoos, and, and he was not booking a lot at conventions, and he said, you know, what, what I would do and what I suggest everyone do is completely finish drawings that you want to tattoo. Don't just do sketches, do full on color renderings, put them out at your booth with flat rates or whatever. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, and when you're at a show, when people are flipping through sketchbooks or, or like tracing paper, that's pinned to, you know, whatever. And, and, uh, and they see like a fully rendered, you know, really well done drawing. And it's like, wow, I could, the, the thing, his point was the client typically can't, uh, 
can't put together what the finished tattoo is going to look like from a red pencil sketch or whatever. They need to see, yeah, and this is Ulysses' right. work here. They need, when they see that, if they see a drawing of this piece that's completely rendered and colored, uh, they can visualize it on their body and they're much more likely to get it. And so I, I thought that was a really kind of great practical way to implement what you're talking about. I'd also, well, in keeping with that, one of my biggest pet peeves about conventions, um, here goes my old ranting gene now, uh, is that, uh, so like I don't particularly like doing conventions anymore at all um, for multiple reasons. Uh, but one of the things that I would like to see happen that maybe would make conventions more uh, appealing to the general public is that if, I, if I'm a customer and I want to go to a tattoo convention to get a tattoo from someone, uh, I'm not gonna probably be able to do that if I just show up at a convention, because all of the artists that are going to be the good artists that I want to get tattooed from are going to be booked up. They're going to have already like booked well in advance, most of them. Uh, so what I've been trying to do uh, is leave at least one day, usually Saturday, uh, completely open, nothing. Um, have a couple of drawings that are available or just do walk-ups uh, because I feel like it's, it's sort of a, like, why would I go to a convention then? Like, as, as a, a normal person, just wondering, curious, uh, it, and it's boring. So, but that said, uh, now there's not really much of a crowd to get those tattoos. You know, like, the, the, I think the, the forum is sort of it's eating itself at this point. You know? Yeah, why, why do you think that is? I mean, you have the internet. Uh, I don't need to, you know, like... I don't need to go go talk to you guys at a convention because here we are. You know, I don't need to go look at your portfolios because I can just open my phone, uh, which is you know, holy fuck, that's amazing. But uh, I don't know. And, and honestly, like conventions are just played out. Like if you've been to one, you've been to everyone in the whole fucking world. You know, well except for you know, there's like, you know, there's a couple out there I know of that are. You know, the yeah. best of the best mm -hmm. hosted by some people. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, I'm not hosting conventions anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. City in Richmond. But, but see, but, there, but, but that was a different convention, you know? It was a gathering. And, mm -hmm. and it did things differently. And, uh, and, uh, and I did one in the, the, my favorite tattoo convention I've ever worked at was in, in France. Uh, uh, like a few years ago, and it was in uh, Marciac, France. And it's this tiny little fucking, like, no, it's like, I don't know, 100 fucking people live there in this medieval village. And they host this jazz festival every year. And this gallery hosted a, a tattoo convention there where it went on for the whole month. Uh, and it just had, like, basically, like, eight different tattoo artists, eight or 10 of us, that rotated out. You'd work for, like, a week. Uh, and then somebody else would come take your table and you'd have a, uh, you get to put a little art show behind you. Uh, and it was fucking amazing. You know, and each tattoo artist cool. was very specifically, it was like, uh, it was like noon, uh, caustic, uh, I think those two twins, mm. fuck, I don't remember their names, but they're all crazy people. They're madmen. They're all fucking Europeans and their, and their styles are insane, you know, graphic stuff, abstract stuff, uh, and I wish there was more stuff like that 
you know, uh, and it was it was more interactive and it wasn't just, you know, like a burlesque show and a freak show and then the best of day contest, like which is great. And we need that, too. Like we need to support people's work. But uh, also, like, if you're going to have a convention, like I wish it was entertaining. I'm like, I got to get off of this rant or I'm going to do this for like a whole fucking hour. <laughs> yeah. well, okay. So, but, so we have some questions uh, from the chat room for you here. Uh, well, about conventions and stuff. Um, so let's see. Oh, sorry. It's skipping around here. Uh, Drunken, Drunken Yoda says thumbs up to the stream. So that's good. Ooh, We're not losing right. people. Um, and then let's see. The question is, do you think there's a concern for artists that they won't be able to set out their art and then sell it in time to be able to finish the tattoo? Uh, that is, uh, uh, they know a lot of artists that will book prior uh, that are booking larger pieces because they have mm -hmm. concerns that they won't be able to finish it for com for oh, oh for, for competing. Oh, for competition. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I was yeah. like, well, well you know, that uh, that I mean, that's a good point. That that is something. That's a reason a lot of people do conventions is you know for competitions. And they, even yeah. I remember back in uh, Jeff Gogway's seminar, game that he did at uh, at the Worldwide Conference, he talked about how he was so focused on winning competitions for so long and being the you know the best. And there, there's no doubt that there's that mindset, and people feel like the conventions is still kind of their opportunity sure, to sure. stack up trophies or you know whatever. Sure. So you just, you just need to figure out what's more important, right? like you know uh winning in the competition for a piece that you set up ahead of time or like meeting new people and mm -hmm. you know doing a piece of artwork that you're looking for particularly if uh, and not compete yeah right yeah i was yeah. i was lucky enough like uh everybody hated my style early on <laughs> that they you would never win it. a competition anyway uh, yeah so I mean, also just to be clear, like uh, I remember at the Venetian tattoo gathering, probably the most you know prestigious. It was fucking a Venetian palace, yep. yeah, and awesome. uh, we like we're, we're gonna we pared it down. We're, we're only gonna do one contest. Hmm. I don't know if I'm giving away convention secrets or not, but um, on fucking Saturday, I'm like going through my checklist of shit I'm supposed to do, and I'm like, oh, tomorrow there's a contest. Yeah, okay, and I guess after that we give away the award, and then uh, award. Like, oh shit! Oh, shit. <laughs> have an award for like one contest. We've heard it down to one contest, and it was, you know. Um, but that said, it's true. Like you know, running the streets uh, of Venice trying to find a cool something you can give away. You know, it was uh, you know out of one of those movie. You know, after uh, it was uh, the convention promoters after school special. Um, yeah. You know, but that said, it was a you know cool. You know, it was a. We wanted to make sure that it was cool. I think Paul Booth actually. He did, yeah. Badass tattoo yeah, I was in the middle of interviewing him whenever you announced that he won. We had to, uh, it, it threw off my interview. I appreciate well, that. But but so, so so Gene, what do you think about the competitions? Then I guess, or is that oh, like you were saying, you were like you weren't winning. I'm so fuck it. Who gives a shit? Uh, I I think it's a very important part. Like competition uh, breeds improvement. You know, uh, so I personally like I'm I'm hard enough on myself that. Uh, I'm glad my customers don't go up there and embarrass me. <laughs> so uh, that's my my biggest competition is and probably for always will be myself. Uh, and I have like a, a and and I think it's a healthy love hate relationship um, that I think every artist should have with their work uh, on a personal level and, and not be too um, dependent on the competitions and how many likes you get on Instagram and just to be comfortable doing what you're doing 
and confident and pushing yourself to do better. You know, I'm having a hard time right now. Like, how do I fucking do better tattoos now? Uh, you know, like, I think we all plateau at some point. Uh, and then at that point, you either slide backwards uh, or you got to get better at it. And uh, that's my competition. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So just uh, yeah. just briefly back to, to Hunter's point, um, mm-hmm. he's also just concerned in general, regardless of the competition, you know, creating, you know, uh, artwork to do at conventions with enough time. I mean, I think really just create the artwork so that you can right. do it in, say, three or four hours, you know. Right. Some, you have to you know, know your own pace and what you're capable of doing. You know, like when I was 10, you know, in my early 30s, I could fucking bang out you know, half a sleeve in like five hours. Uh, now, you know, eh, you're lucky to get like, you know, three days and I could probably finish it. Uh, but at a convention, you're also you're going to have all of the, the extra, you know, it's not like we're going to shop. You have all the extra distractions. You're going to have people stopping at your booth that want to ask you a question every five minutes. Uh, you're going to be uncomfortable. You know, you're going to have the customers going to be less comfortable than they are. You know, it's probably going to be freezing. Somebody's going to be shivering uh, and all of that shit. Like what normally would take you maybe an hour, maybe two hours, add two hours on it. Uh, otherwise, yeah, you're not going to finish it. Yeah. Now, you're also, oh, is my computer working? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, and you were also, when you were doing the conventions, you were uh, going back year after year. I remember seeing you in, uh, in New York every year. Uh, I, presumably, I don't know if Richmond was the same, but I think I've, I've seen you there once or twice, okay. you know, so I, I suppose in some ways it, that, that small piece that starts off uh, as the walk up on the Saturday afternoon, you know, then turns into that Friday or the Sunday appointment for the full day, you know, masterpiece or whatever that you have time for. I do like going back to the same conventions year after year. I think you 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 build better relationships with the the people there, like the your fellow tattoo artists. Uh, but also, then you can start to build a client base in some city you don't live in, and yeah, work on extended pieces. Sure. Okay. Let's see here. We've got a, a feisty one here. No, he actually says he doesn't want to sound argumentative, and I, I haven't even read it yet. So let's see here. Um, I think uh, for some people like myself, this is himself, uh, I like going through the internal monologue of self-improvement, but have that physical representation of competitions is something that is motivating. And again, I don't mean to like, I'm a fucking weirdo. My, the balance to my story on that is uh, I, I didn't think I actually ever cared about competitions. I've seen enough rigged competitions and I've lost enough that I never cared. Uh, but I'll tell you the, the year that I sat out of, you know, I didn't have a booth or anything at Hill City and other people were winning. I was like, I got to fucking get a booth at Hell City next year. <laughs> I got to get some badass tattooers in there to represent. No, you know, uh, but uh, okay. So, so I don't want to come off as like completely anti-competitive. And to your point, Gene, it is actually very motivating to do your best. Uh, to continue his uh, comments, I also don't want to come off like I'm arguing. Haha, just a different perspective. Oh, are you competing for airtime, Hunter? Okay. Um, okay, there we go. Those, that was his uh, comments on it. Mm. No, competition is, I am a very competitive person, uh, which is probably why I also have a little bit of a, I don't want to enter art competitions because art is such a personal thing to me, but like, I don't know, you get me on any game 
and Mm -hmm. I'm a monster, you know, like I will fucking go for your throat. You don't even want to know the stuff that comes out of my (laughs) mouth during a Fortnite game. You know, like, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Magic the Gathering. Uh, Oh my God. I was talking to an artist yesterday, uh, (gasps) uh, uh, Joe. I don't know exactly what he can say or can't say about it, but he's working on a project with one of the, uh, I believe one of the creators of Magic the Gathering, the first, first edition. Oh, but um, that's fun. I do love uh, who else? Uh, Cecil Porter is another uh, guy who's been doing a lot of uh, fantasy art. He's a tattooer, you know, fantasy mm-hmm. art kind of kind of a person. Yeah, cool. But uh, so let's see. Let's um, one one thing that I, that you said earlier that uh, all of a sudden I was like, oh my goodness, I can't. I, I, you actually had a traditional apprenticeship. You said, yeah. Holy shit! Can we uh, just talk about that? Can we get like a, a documented traditional apprenticeship? I mean, I mean, half the time people, you know, get thrown to the wolves or they have, you know, mm. some, some okay stories. But to hear somebody talk about how they had a traditional apprenticeship, I'd love to just to kind of hear about it. Yeah, sure. And, and how did you uh, get it? Like, start start there from like where you like. How did you get your uh, traditional apprenticeship? Uh. Well, I, I so my job prior to tattooing, I was a uh, I used to work in a kitchen store and I designed kitchens and sold appliances and uh, did art on the side Uh, so then when I wanted to start tattooing basically one of my friends convinced me to I should do it uh, and tried finding an apprenticeship by going to all the shops in the city and and asking them will you apprentice me Uh, and they were all and this is like this is the days of Miami Inc when it was on, it was like maybe the second season of Miami Inc. Okay. So it was just this like, you know, this influx of people wanting to tattoo uh, who weren't, you know, and I wasn't covered in tattoos. I had, I think at that point I had done like half of my sleeve maybe. And that's about it. Like one or two little things. Um, so yeah, kept going every week trying to find someone who would apprentice me nobody would do it uh, and then my friend who was getting tattooed uh, who I was drawing t- designs for sort of talked me up to the artist mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, yeah I got my foot in the door that way um, but otherwise I don't know how people uh, get an apprenticeship sure, like sure, i mean sure. i like the way everybody says you know you you go get tattooed from somebody you keep getting tattooed from them and then hopefully eventually they'll like you know apprentice you oh. uh, which is such a shady and shitty way to do it but yeah. well, i was listening to a, a, an interview with like good time charlie mm-hmm. and uh it's amazing i mean i can't i can't say let you know come off like he does you got to watch the interview but he's like you know i didn't ask him questions and they're just simple questions i'm like why won't you answer my questions i'm paying you i'm getting tattooed i'm just i, I know how to do this shit. i'm gonna do this shit just to answer my questions mm. it's uh but it's obviously it's a such a crazy world too right i guess the other okay so wait let's let's stick with the apprenticeship okay, so, yeah. so you so you you got your shoe in because you were drawing designs for for right. a so then so then i showed him like work uh, and he had already seen some of the stuff because he was doing the designs on my friend. Um, and yeah, and then that sort of was how it started. So he, he called me in and uh, and then I started uh, tattooing, well, started apprenticing, which was, was like, like, what was that? Like, was it like, you know, first day of a kid fucking, you know, start well, the, I was still working in my job. Uh, so I had to like, I had to go to work five days a week, six days a week. 
and then uh, after work, go to the tattoo shop and try to watch him tattoo. And it mostly just uh, was me cleaning tubes and uh, setting down, you know, setting up and breaking down stations. Uh, and how much was watching? Like, like were we watching like an hour a day? Were we watching? Like yeah, whatever I could. Whatever you... I could, you know, like if if I got off of work at six o'clock and it took me maybe 45 minutes to get from Manhattan to Brooklyn uh, and he only worked till eight. Yeah, I get an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you go on the on your days off and go the whole day. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was as much as you could, you know. And, uh, One of the then, uh, you're 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 scratching your uh, microphone, I think. Might oh, be sorry, your, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, it might be the, uh, the scarf. Might yeah. could be. Um, you know, one of the tasks I think is perfect for apprentices these days is the um, putting the streaming camera or the on the tattoo. You know, so for streaming tattoos, it's like mm. wait, you should be looking at this tattoo from start to finish. Anyways, put the fucking camera in front of it and answer people's questions. Mm. You no, know, not technical questions necessarily, but um, that's uh, that's cool. Okay, so you were uh, and about how long did that take? So were you, uh, you know, doing the it was so working? so it was traditional in the sense of like I learned how to make needles, solder needles, and uh, all in all the like traditional things you would need to know uh, which are sort of antiquated now like did you know. make inks and we didn't make ink okay that that we it was mostly just Starbright. i think was what he was stuck on that uh-huh. was it. Uh, but so the the slippery slope to uh uh pre-mids was already, was already started but you were making a lot of needles it must have been a, how many how many years did you make needles for it was a couple years i think uh-huh. well so my apprenticeship went south very quickly. It was a traditional apprenticeship. <laughs> yes. Within six months, we wanted to murder each other. Uh, within a year, it was done. You know, like the relationship. Of, uh, but uh, I mean, I, I liked making needles. I, I liked in, in the sense of like, I like that I know how to make needles. I just say yeah. that, but I fucking hate the drudgery of making them. You know, like, it, sure. like, thank God for disposable tubes and needles and the whole, like, my God, that changed everything. Uh, I mean, uh, I was listening to, to Guy chatting the other day, and I mean, just the difference between, like you were saying, making your needles these days, and now there's like a, a pen that's got a battery with like all of your needle arrangements and cartridges, mm. like, and it runs the same. I mean, you don't have to be a mechanic, you know. Imagine that you started on, uh, I mean, clearly you started on coil machines. Did you... Right. Um, Right, uh, how to build machines, how to tune machines. Awesome. You know, uh, I, mean, I still have a closet full of machines and parts and shit, but I mean, now it's just rotary. So, how did you find that switch? Was that like a a tough switch to make over, or was there a was there a reason that motivated? Wait, 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 wait. We're still in apprentice. Okay, so so like most traditional apprenticeships, after six months, uh, tensions go fuck yourself uh, or some degree. I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, uh, but then uh, you're kind of on your own and, uh, on your own into the New York city tattoo scene, but right. kind of well, like he left, guy. he left the shop, opened his own. And then mm-hmm. yeah, I was just me on my when own. You stay. This is, so is this tattoo culture just when you stay? Yes. Ah, okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, so from there, you kind of went right into shop owning then. Right. Well, no. So I stayed okay, in okay. tattoo culture for, like almost 10 years. 
Okay. Uh, That's why it felt like it for me. Yeah. With all due respect to the owner, I have no idea. But the point is, um, and you're, you're, uh, this is where you were catching up with like Noon and then other guest yes. artists. I, I think gotta, George, George gotta was just there. Toss a sweatshirt on quickly because yeah, yeah, sure it's freezing well, you, in here. Well, you do that, I'll, uh, I'll read back to yeah, yeah, uh, the comments here. Let's see. So we've got, uh, it's crazy how such a, it's crazy how that's such a unique experience to get a traditional experience with apprenticeships. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, who, who knows, man? It's crazy. Um, I've seen and heard so many different stories that, um, well, like you were saying, like the traditional apprenticeship, kind of in the context that you learn how to do some of those, you know, vital build your own things. Uh, but like a traditional apprenticeship isn't like it in a, in a, you know, like a blacksmith or something, right? Where it's like there's people that actually know how to. Anyway, anyways, okay, so let's see. So it is unique. Let's right. see uh, other comments. I feel like uh, I have a relatively similar mindset. So it's interesting to hear you speak. Uh, he, I'm translating. Uh, how, how do you feel about those? How do you feel about those tattoo shows like Miami Ink that you mentioned? I love it. I don't watch them anymore, but I watched them then. I mean, anybody who's working in the tattoo industry today has to at least give at least 40% credit to those shows for your income, uh, if not more. Mm -hmm. uh, like it, it was a proliferation of tattooing in pop culture that allows us now to expand the, the art form to, you know, now people look at it as art. You go back 10, 15, 20 years ago, and it was still just this like shitty little outsider, like scumbag kind of art form, you know, punks and, and thugs and criminals and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, it, it's even though it wasn't, it was still the general pop culture perception of it as that i mean look at like the bad guys back then like like mm -hmm. fucking uh guns and roses you know axel rose was like the baddest the bad boys he had like three mm -hmm. tattoos and he was like oh my god he's <laughs> awful you know uh now like he, he, it's everywhere and it started with those shows you know so i i mean i think they're i, I, I have a lot of friends who've been on them uh, i have no no qualms with them yeah i think uh can you guys hear me we can you're back okay yeah sorry I, my router just completely went out i had to reboot it um yeah I, I agree and i think what's funny is if you were tattooing back in that time uh it was harder for us to to take those shows seriously or even today to give them credit because you discounted them so quickly when they came along it was just like how silly is that what if we set up a camera here what well that's ridiculous hmm. you know and uh uh, and so we discounted them for so long and then they've proven to uh, exactly, I agree completely with what you said, they've proven over the years to have been so transformational in, in what we do. They, they gave, you know, the mistake that I made is I wasn't giving it, I wasn't thinking about it from a client's perspective. I was thinking about it from a tattooer's perspective. A client, you know, especially someone maybe who's in there, if you think about your clientele today versus your clientele in 2005, you know, you weren't tattooing professionals, you weren't tattooing um you know, older people, you know, uh, and, and, and I think right. a lot of that is that it gave uh, people kind of a peek into what the process is like. It made tattoo shops a little less scary. So like, oh, there's an actual consultation process and, and they might ask me questions and this is what I can expect to, uh, you know, expect to have to know whenever I get there or here's what I can leave in the hands of the tattooer. And uh, I think that it just, it, it pulled back the curtain on tattoo shops from the from the tattoo collectors or the clients perspective and made it so much made them so much more approachable and i wasn't considering it from that perspective sure. oh yeah well that's one of the the 
the things with like an apprenticeship, uh, it's one of my pet peeves that I've had for quite a few years uh, is that the, the general tattoo environment is not very welcoming to outsiders, uh, to people that are different. Um, so like, so like myself, I was this skinny little, like artsy fartsy white kid who like, and f just wanted to get an apprenticeship. Uh, and, and it's very dismissive of me as that. Now, if I was like a, and I live in New York city, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm like, and by all accounts, I fit the, the model. I'm like white male middle age, like I'm every tattoo artist. Right. But if I was like a, a gay, black, transgender woman living in New Mexico and I want to get an apprenticeship or I just want to get a tattoo, mm. uh, going into a tattoo shop is, is fucking terrifying, you know? Mm. Uh, and and to, to get through. So that's one of my, my, my things with the shows is that uh, it, it, it starts to open the doors to people to, to see uh, there's different ways to get tattoos. First of all, there's different uh, attitudes towards tattooing. Like when you watch the, the reality competition shows, it's reality, but uh, each one of those people are very specifically like characterized. They all work different ways. They all have different attitudes toward tattooing. They all have different styles. They, and, and that's how we all are now. Uh, and we are allowed to live in this environment now where we can have these like very uh, linear styles and singular focus, whereas before the shops were. Uh, yeah. But, well, I'm yeah. Going off on a no, yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, yeah. But I, I think that the shows allow us all to be much more open and welcoming to, to yes senior citizens like dude <laughs> like one of my first customers that i i tattooed a lot of stuff on uh, this guy alan i don't know where he is now but uh alan was like uh, he had to be like 60 something and he was like a fucking gorilla the dude is like dude like <laughs> a hair sweater you know like just just gray thick like everywhere uh, and he'd never had a tattoo in his life you know and, uh, and, and I'd been tattooed maybe like four or five years at that point. Uh, and he had been watching the tattoo shows and he started wanting to get a tattoo, you know? So he came and he got like, I was like a Hanna-Barbera character or something on his arm, you know? And then like a month later, he came back to get another one, but he kept getting all these different, he, like each one we did was a different style, you know? Cause he mm -hmm. would see the shows and the shows mm -hmm. would introduce him. It's like, cause in his head, all he saw was like 1990s fucking swirly pointy tribal. You know, yeah, and he yeah. he didn't understand that like as many different artists, there's that many different kinds of art. You know, yeah. Uh, and yeah, and then eventually, dude, we tattooed his back, his chest, both arms, uh, and then, God bless him, he would shave himself so he could show the <laughs> tattoos. And I don't know what happened to Alan, but um, I used to kill but he specifically whenever... he specifically. <laughs> said you know i watched these shows and it made me really want to get a tattoo and this is like a a, a senior citizen old jewish guy from new york you know mm -hmm. like 
if that doesn't credit the shows for something, like, I don't know what the fuck. I mean, it used to amaze me to hear tattooers complain, though, like, I keep getting people coming in and they want sleeves in a day and I get mad and (laughs) don't you know this and don't you know that? I'm like, why don't you just send them over to us? I'll uh, patiently (laughs) explain to them how, you know, it might take a little longer. And I get it. It's frustrating to have to deal with so many people wanting a $5,000 to $10,000 tattoo. I mean, whoof. Good Lord. And, and that was that was the tattooer's perspective on those shows oh, at that I know. point. That was the oh, common yeah. thing. It was just like, what they're setting unrealistic expectations. All this stuff but, is but edited. It's fucking TV. They're like, it's right. not designed to set proper expectations. But to, to Gene's point, it piques their interest enough to learn about it. Right. Mm-hmm. I think I lost you guys. Oh, you're back. Yeah, you're back. You're saying yeah. it's entertaining. You were just about to say something empathetic. Yeah. yeah. And then I said like the most prolific thing after that. So right. I'm glad it was you. I thought my internet went out again. I was like, oh no, what's wrong? I got to call AT&T. But, but, uh, okay, so let's see. So uh, the reaction to your attitude on the TV says, uh, Hunter says, well, that's interesting. I, I feel the exact same, but I never hear artists that have been tattooing as long as you have actually appreciate the shows. Mm. Um, there's definitely lots of ups and downs and benefits to the shows, but they are uh, massive for building the industry. Yeah. Yeah. And again, if you're looking yeah. for like uh, educational content or whatever, like you, you're go- you're, you shouldn't be going to TV. Well, yeah, the internet now. I mean, this is what yeah. this is what I would ask about what an apprenticeship would entail now is much like a college education is that uh, w- what is an apprenticeship going to offer someone that YouTube won't you know uh like why do i need to go to some guy to have him like fucking slave me for a Mm -hmm. year just so i can what get the 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 mystery of tattooing taught to me like Mm -hmm. uh so what like what what do we as artists want to pass on uh to the next generation of tattoo artists and i and i don't think it's technique i don't think it's skill because they can anybody can learn that shit you can go on the internet and within a month you can figure out how to do a tattoo as clean as the cleanest person, you know, uh, if you really want to, but, uh, yeah. How do we teach the like creativity, Mm -hmm. uh, morality? Like what do you have to say? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things guy used to say is, uh, you want to learn how to become a better artist, learn how to become a better person. He may or may not have taken it from somebody, but, uh, uh, I always I always dug that one, especially because yeah, you can book. see people that uh, they can get really good technically, um, but uh, it is about as much what does an artist have to say mm. as much as like sure. how technical you know can they say it yeah. express it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Steve Houston has a great quote that I use in one of my seminars that uh, it's uh, we're editorial, we're editorialists, not journalists. We're we're paid for our opinion, yeah. you know, in our marks and our, uh, mm. you know, and, and that's the way you have to think as an artist. You're not uh, you're not you're not simply like uh, um, reporting the news. You're paid to have an opinion on the news, you know. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do hate to. Uh, yeah, what's Edward? short, but uh, we do because we could clearly talk forever. Uh, yeah, Gene, you you will be back on. Uh, I think we're doing a, yeah, a we'll do like a full more. featured interview. It's fun, I enjoyed oh. it. Yeah, man, I'd love to do one at some point too. I think we could. There's a lot of stuff that you and I think could dive into on on my channel as well. So maybe yeah. we can I got just a lot you. of opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So we love.
Well, cool. Hey. Well, yeah, cool. Thanks, so let's, uh, Gene, I'm going to, I'm going to spotlight you. If you want to let people know the, the best way to get in touch with you, if, uh, the, if uh, just the website, just, uh, well, yeah, you, but you can, you can't say just my website because oh. um, uh, it's, it's <laughs> gmcoffee.com. And what kind of tattoos you want to, are you still accepting clients? People can get a, yeah, you sure. an email. I'm a horrible promote self-promoter. Yeah, there's like a form on there. You just yeah, you go on the website. There's like a there's a form that you fill out for tattoo applications. And I actually just started booking again uh, for like this summer. So Sweet. this week is a good time to do it if you want to. Are you uh, had any conventions this year? Or, uh... I think I'm gonna do the the Richmond one again. Oh, I, I know I'll, he. I'll uh, yeah, I like that one a lot. Uh, I like me too. Yeah, Me it's too. fun. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a good. It's a good vibe there. You know, I like the outside stuff. They have all the mm -hmm. other stuff going on. And mm -hmm. you know, yeah, like, good mix of people too. A lot of old timers and then just some of the best tattooers on the planet. Yeah, and uh, Jesse's amazing, you know. Yeah. He's such a good guy. Yeah, he's great. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, he put it, he put his dates right over Paradise. So I'm like, I'm gonna go to Richmond instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 It's also the same weekend as the New York convention. Uh, and I just uh they, yeah. the uh, I got an invitation to that one and had to turn it down and i've never done that i've never and, see, and i think before. so this is also one of the things why i think conventions are done yeah is there's too many too you know? many you know there's bit. too many and now that and now like everyone's you know, rescheduling over each other yeah but yeah yeah, yeah. But, well that's a for another day gentlemen yeah no, that's right. really awesome. another conversation cheers we'll catch nice up to meet uh, you man. thanks again everybody man, thanks thank to you the chat room. uh we'll catch up uh oh yeah, yeah I, have to, I have to